Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Right now. Darren. You know, Andre DuPont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. So the coach laughed at a boy, Moose. Just like the moose, and I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show <laughs> where roughing is encouraged. How about that? <laughs> Good morning, John. Oh, that's a great story. Rod Peterson <laughs> show on the air for a football Friday here. Final day of the week, getting into the long weekend here across the country as we uh, say good morning. And uh, we've got our caliber coffee is hot and Ready to roll. And good morning to you, too. Wayne is watching, I believe, in Victoria. I saw that. Uh, uh, Jay Cassian, good morning from Winnipeg. Not Winterpeg or Winnipeg. Winnipeg, because they're up one nothing on the Edmonton Oilers heading into tonight's game, too. And defending Grey Cup champions for the last two years. There you go. They are Winnipeg. Yeah. The Snowman's checking in from Carolina. Good morning, Snowman. Good to, good to see you watching this morning. William May says, good morning. We're all ready for football frenzy. They're ready for you, John. Good. That's good. And I know we got some great stuff to get to this morning. So good morning to everybody uh, watching. Lawrence Smith watching uh, from Kamloops. Uh, Carlos Lagena watching from his usual spot. So uh, Bo Halverson's watching in Saskatoon. Stacey Champagne, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Well, lots to get to on the show today, John. How are you? How's the week been? I haven't, haven't, uh, haven't talked to you in, oh, but in a week. Great, great weekend. Great weekend. Lots of fun. Uh, a lot of people talking football. They are enthused. They want to see it. They believe it's going to happen. And they believe it's going to happen on August 5th. If it doesn't happen, they'll be disappointed. And the alternative would be Labor Day, probably. But the prevailing feeling out there right now, Darren, is it's going to happen for August 5th, which I think is great. Okay. And yeah, training camp in three weeks. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Right off the hop, before we do anything else, we are going to have a positive day, John. There's not going to be any negativity around here. We're going to be positive. We're going to send you into the weekend feeling great and optimistic about whether it's football or your hockey team. Uh, so get your comments in. Whatever you want to talk about, I'll give you a reason to be optimistic and happy about it, okay? Whether your team That's great. lost... Clark, me, I'll give you reasons to be optimistic, okay? You were watching a lot of hockey this week, too. Yeah, I, I sure was. A um, couple of great games. Hey? I was really surprised the way Winnipeg beat Edmonton 4 1. A great game. And uh, that team in Winnipeg's doing well. Uh, they're a pretty good, fun, pretty good hockey team. And uh, I don't know. The Oilers can't do it in the playoffs, eh? I know. Back in my era when a kid, automatic. Five great cups in seven years. Five Stanley Cups in seven. You've got to get the sports right. Uh, but not now. It's if I thought the uh, Jets looked just terrific. You watched the game last night, Leafs and Haps? Yeah. Oh, what a winning goal, eh? Wasn't that incredible? <laughs> Paul that, Byron. That was a great game. That was a super game. And I'll tell you, in the uh, Edmonton-Winnipeg uh, game, the game's rolling around. We're in the 10-minute mark of the third period. All of a sudden, they stopped the game, eh? Yeah. Because a shot by Lord Stanley... In the blue line. It was a howitzer, right? Eh? Went that into the back of that note before anybody saw it, but somebody did catch it. So they stopped the game to re- look at it and review it, and it should have been a, a goal. It went in, back out. It was a goal, so 
Winnipeg was given the lead of two to one, and after that, it was pretty easy pickings for the uh, Jets. They got two more empty net goals and certainly controlled the game. And uh, I don't know, Oilers weren't very effective at all. Nobody was very effective for the Oilers. Yeah, it's tough, and we got uh, we got lots of time. We'll get into teeing up tonight's game, Oilers and uh, Jets. Uh, a little bit later on, Jack Fulton watching from snowy southern Alberta. Uh, Kyler, good morning from snowy Cudworth, Saskatchewan. Good to see you guys watching. Um, I saw this on, on, must have been Facebook or Instagram yesterday. You know why they call it May, John? Why? Because it may rain, it may snow, it may be sunny, it may... <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. That's so true, isn't it? So true, but I know. Isn't it? Uh, you know, all my life, you know, you're counting on May, April to be nice and warm. And they can be for three or four days, but then they get cold. Look yeah. at last week, eh? Beautiful week. Fantastic week. Equivalent of 82, 84 above. Then on the weekend, just terrible. Snowing, cold, icy, slippery out there. <laughs> and it's miserable today. Just, uh, just a miserable day. You know? Prairie Mobile text line's open. 306-840-8777. We'll get to your comments there. And also uh, up on the big board, too. Facebook, YouTube, those of you watching. And if you're on Game Plus Television Network, pull out your phone and send a text. 306-840-8777. But Jordan, let's go with the quick six show topics. <laughs> Leafs Habs last night, 2-1 Montreal. So much for Craig Button saying the Leafs will win in four games and Montreal won't <laughs> so win a game. So much for old Craig Button. <laughs> but look, this is how it is in the playoffs. We look at paths to victory right? Yep. And ways you can win. Yep. And we did that with Dustin Nielsen. We talked about the Oilers and the Jets. And it still remains true. The Oilers, I think, have more paths to victory than the Jets do. The Leafs have more paths to victory than the Montreal Canadiens do. But Montreal and Winnipeg both have one very real path to victory, and it's goaltending. Connor Hellebuck in game one, and Carey Price last night was outstanding. Oh, Carey Price was the old Carey Price. He was fantastic last night. Really incredible. And Hellebuck the other night, was uh, he had a great game, a sensational game. But still, um, that's the pass. They can win. I believe right now, I'm thinking now, Winnipeg can win that series. And I hate to say that other side, but I, I really do think that Montreal's got a real good chance of winning this one against them. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And one thing that needs to be said, too, nobody is lucky in the National Hockey League. No. We need to get that out of here right away. The Habs weren't lucky. The Jets weren't lucky. Fortunate, maybe. Lucky, no. They're good hockey teams. They found a way to win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they did. So, Jets, Habs, up. We've got to give them kudos. But some people in Winnipeg were, were complaining, oh, that wasn't a goal. That wasn't a goal. But it was. They replayed it back and forth and back and forth. It was a goal. A great shot by Lord Stanley. In and out like a howitzer. And I mean, and Logan Stanley. Yeah, Logan Stanley. And, and it just changed the, the, the complete the whole thing. And Winnipeg were, uh, or Edmonton were beaten after that. And, and it was 4 4 1 finally. Two empty, uh, empty net goals. Wayne Grolo's watching. Uh, he says it was a disappointing night for me as both the Leafs and Oilers lost. I was hoping to see a Leafs versus Oilers division final. Well, it's one game. I still think you will see that, but talk to me in a week and we'll see where we're at then. Um, point two, John Tavares. And this was uncomfortable. We've seen, I've seen a lot of plays like this, John. Not like that specifically, but I've seen players get knocked out. I've seen players down for long periods of time. I've seen players get stretchered off. I've seen ambulances, whether it's on a football field or a, or a, or a hockey rink. But for me, 
when that happened and you have a silent rink like that yeah and the way he fell back when he tried to get i was unco- like i was really uncomfortable yeah and that doesn't happen very often no uh it was hard to watch it was hard to watch he everybody was saying that accidentally of course. But, but I, I didn't think it. I thought it was more intent there than I've seen in a lot of situations. But uh, the prevailing feeling out, there, feeling out there is it was accidental. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that it, I don't know that there was any intent to it. I mean, Corey Perry and John Tavares are great buddies. Are close. But in that situation, you don't know who's on the ice. It moves so fast, no. right? You don't know who's down there. But we often are so quick to pass judgment without really understanding what's happened or any of the information. And, but I, I get it. We can only use the information we have, right, when we make these assessments on, you know, the fight. And that's what everybody wanted to talk about last night. And it's the subject of our Capital Automall Universal Collision Center daily poll question. And we'll see how Clark uh, decided to word this. But it's basically, do you agree with the fight last night? Do you agree with the Felino-Perry fight following the John Tavares incident? And 69% of you are saying no. I'm surprised it's as high as 31% saying yes, John, because it was rousing saying the fight was not necessary. And I'll start this off by saying I agree with you. I think the fight was completely unnecessary. I think it was an accident. But I'll tell you why I think it happened. And I listened to the post-game press conferences, and and Felino says they knew it was an accident. He said, yeah, if it was an accident, I don't really know. But it's our captain laying on the ice. So they wanted to have some kind of a response. This is the playoffs. So you get the response. And Corey Perry said, finally, we kind of rolled his eyes and said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And if you noticed, he didn't fight back. No. Right? Corey Perry didn't fight back. So there's that respect factor there of just understanding, okay, this is going to happen whether it's silly or not. And the other angle to it is you got to remember the Leafs didn't get to see a replay. No. There was no replay in the building. No. And your coach Which is, is hard to believe. Right. And your coach is fired up and yelling. Yeah. And some teammates are fired up. And your captain's laying on the ice. And it's Corey Perry skating away from the incident that just knocked your captain out. Yeah. And as a new guy on the team, you're kind of fired up. Yeah. And looking for an opportunity to build some cred within your locker room, standing up for your captain. So you go ahead and do that. And also you take care of it so some other wingnut on the team doesn't try and do something stupid later yeah. when Corey Perry's in a vulnerable position. But yeah, at the end of the day, they're going to go in the locker room, they're going to watch the replay and say, okay, that was an accident, probably didn't need to fight him, feel a little whatever, and move on. But the thing that you uh, wonder about is sooner or later there's going to be an accident, a fight in a situation where there's an accident or not that's going to really hurt somebody, and that's what scares me. I mean, uh, I thought that was quite a collision, those two, quite frankly. You know, I don't know. What's the story in Tavares? Is he okay? Well, he's, he's been released from the hospital. He went to the hospital last night, and producer Clark just lets me know that they've uh, announced he's, he's at home and resting now. So, yeah. John Tavares. The official word, John, he's progressing well, but out indefinitely. John Tavares. Much talked about hockey player as a kid. Comes to the, in New York. Does a so-so job there over the years. Gets traded to Toronto. Do you think he's helped him that much? John? Yeah. Almost a point-of-game guy, but is that worth $11 million? No. I'm not sure. No. You know, it's funny. Um, comments are rolling in about is that fight justified or warranted? 
Rod chimes in this morning, um, and he'll be back in this chair on Tuesday. Note the programming note. Uh, Monday's the day off the holiday, so we'll be back on the air Tuesday, and Rod will be in the chair. And then the Habs scored immediately. He's right. The fight wasn't about changing momentum or anything like that. It didn't do anything for the team. The Leafs were kind of pretty dull after that for a little while. They sure were. They were. And they scored. Uh, Montreal scored immediately after that. That's true. Yeah. James Henderson's watching. I think in Borden, Manitoba, I'm not as good as remembering all the names and faces as Rod is. That's his superpower. Um, accident or not, you need to pay the price for taking the captain up. Good for Perry to answer the bell and stand up. But that was kind of like, look it, your brother's upset because you, you broke his PlayStation and he's going to wail on you. And you just kind of be like, look it, I didn't break it. You'll learn this later that it was yeah. an accident. Yeah. But in the moment, yeah, but you, know, you react and have fight. You react in the moment, right? Yeah. Um, so that becomes tough. That's the other side of it. Um, yeah, and William May echoes those thoughts. After they hit, the Leafs were not themselves. Um, so there you go. So Rod says, good day on, on YouTube. Good day, Rod. Tavares has absolutely helped the Leafs. Uh, that's from our intern, Rachel. I think so. I mean, they made him the captain. So obviously there's some value there. Um, but we were looking for him to be a superstar again. Remember when he came back? I think, that's, I think that's what is the unrealistic expectation when you get guys like this or when guys are drafted first overall. Um, you expect them to be generational talents. Now, he was an exceptional status player in the Ontario Hockey League. John Tavares was. He's one of those upper echelon, top 1% in the NHL kind of guys but Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby only come around every 20 years, right? Yep. You know, you can't expect every superstar that you pay $10 million to to be that. But it's interesting. So we'll monitor John Tavares' situation, see if he returns at some point. Scary incident last night. But it brings me to point three and fighting in hockey and where you sit on this. And whether you think fighting in hockey is right or wrong, whether you're on the side that there's a place for fighting or fighting needs to be out of the game, it's important to look at the facts. Younger players are fighting less and less than they ever have. There's less and less fighting in the game. And if you're worried about fighting, you know, having a place or not having a place, there's a couple of things you need to know. One, if you're on the side that fighting needs to be out of the game, you're going to have to have a little patience because there's still a lot of people that grew up with fighting in the game that feels it has a place, right? Oh, they go nuts. It was part of your, like, all the hockey you've watched. Yep, lots of them. Right? Usually they fight every game. Right. And I would think I'm, pro- I'm, pro- I'm 34, John, and I'm probably right around the youngest part of the demographic that grew up with fighting in the game, yeah. right? I'm probably the youngest part of that demographic, and the younger people aren't as into it. And I think as we start to age up and less and less of the demographic is from that group that grew up with fighting, you'll see the fighting go with it. I mean, it was just 12 years ago that there was around 0.64 fights per game. It's a little more than a fight every two games, right? 12 years later today, this season, 0.19 fights per game. That means it's less than a fight every five games. So the numbers are going down anyway. You just have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. And Ron Peterson's era... Um, no, his dad's there, I should say. 
there was a fight every game. For every that. game. Especially when Rolo played out. At least one. Especially when Rolo played Milestone. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Or Foam Lake played Winyard. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> exactly. But if you are those in that group that likes fighting and thinks it has a place in the game, you're going to have to start to accept that it might not be around that much longer. John Ohm on Facebook. How about those Habs, Clark? I like that I haven't put myself out there that aggressively that they're not trolling me. <laughs> Clark's getting all of it. <laughs> Kevin Olnick on YouTube says, I think the NHL needs to look at how they handle players leaving on a stretcher. We can't expect players to just get back to normal, get players off the ice and clear their heads. He gave the thumbs up as he went off. So that was always, yeah. Yeah. you always want to see that. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Grolo again, I, I hope the Leafs can get over losing Tavares and get back to how they played during the regular season. I think a day off will help. I really do. And Jeff Cabela says, not a fan of fighting, but it happens. The staged stuff is garbage. Yeah. And Don McNeil, one, one final thought. The game has evolved. Fighting is naturally disappearing. That's it. Just evolve, right? You know, evolve and grow. And whether that includes fighting or doesn't include fighting, you have to be able to grow and adapt. John, we're going to flip gears now. We've, we've got... A little bit of the hockey out of the way. I only got to point three. Quickly, point four was just NHL playoff recaps. Ryan Lumberg ended a wild 6-5 game for Florida, and the Rats are in business against Tampa. Yeah. Pens beat the Isles 5-4 to lead 2-1. Crosby, another like unbelievably sensational defensive play yeah. in that game. And the nightcap, Vegas. Uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was a little shaky early on, letting those two quick goals, but didn't see a lot of action. Shut it down the rest of the way. Yeah. Vegas got on it. Never looked back and uh, won that game. Uh, so Vegas goes up 2-1 on Minnesota. I think that, that hockey overall that I watched on the weekend, just terrific. Unbelievable. Yeah. All not, right. not on the weekend, the last two or three nights. Yeah. yeah just terrific. Just terrific. Unbelievable. Football next. The president of Football Canada, Jim Mullen, will uh, join us on the video chat, I believe, from his beautiful Bowen Island estate. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Rod's week off here on Game Plus Television Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports talk at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey everybody, Rod and Moose here. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Moose, we're here. We're holding it. If they don't believe me, <laughs> there it is. Listen. I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 for what? A couple of months now? Yes. And I love it. What did I say in our last podcast? Chat about this. No cords, no clanky razors. You know what? This is handheld. It's sleek. There are no cords. It's got a 90 minute battery life and a headlight. Yeah. But you now have the 4.0, and I have Ooh. to admit I'm a little jealous. Oh, What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's why we're doing this in the dark, so we can <laughs> test out the headlight. It seems to be uh, not even that loud. Oh. Sounds loud there, but it's actually not that no, loud. It's, it's right uh, up against the microphone. I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna You want to know what's new about it? There was only one 
size trimmer on the 3.0. Now there are four. Oh. There's a travel lock. You ever traveled somewhere and your razor's been on the whole time, and when you get to your destination, your razor's dead? Mm-hmm. This has a lock on it, so that doesn't happen. There's a lot of other things here. As looks-wise, it's sleek, a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. But more important than that, it's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, which alleviates those little nicks, those little bumps. Honestly, it will change your life, guys. And we're asking you to order now and join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's fansided20 at manscaped.com. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right, welcome back uh, to the Rod Peterson Show on a football Friday. And John Lynch is here. His appearances every week are for Wheaton Kia. And it's been a... Quick start to the show. Lots of hockey, but we're going to shift gears here and go out on the video chat to uh, Jim Mullen. He's the president of Football Canada and the host of Crown Gridiron Nation on TSN. And I see the island, the, the water out behind you. Is that on purpose, Jim? <laughs> you know I'm envious of your no, that, uh, great spot the, out there. That, that's the way That's the way I kind of set up the studio here is that that's uh, Horseshoe Bay behind me just around the corner. And uh, here we are on Bowen Island. The actual motto of Bowen Island is tell your friends it's awful here. Basically, we want you to visit and then leave. (laughs) You you should protect that little piece of paradise for yourself. You know, as I said on the phone, we are going to come out there some point this summer, and Rod and I are going to do the show right from your deck. We'll set it up. You just need to make sure we got the internet connection. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. We got got the 800-foot deck up top, eh? so so we, we we can set you up. Oh, that would be great. You hear that, Rod? I think he's watching where he's got one ear in. All right, that's on the game plan uh, for sometime this summer. And I also wanted to get this in. I saved this for this week. So Nelson, who, our content creator who's watching, I need you to clip this so I can tweet it. But the three things that I love about Canadian football, okay? Pat Griffith Stadium on a Friday night, conversations with all the amazing coaches and football people in this country, and Grey Cup game day, the whole thing from when you wake up until they award the trophy at the end of the day. Those are the three for me. What were yours, Jim? Uh, first of all, it was field dimensions, uh, because uh, when you look at the field dimensions, it gives um, athletes the opportunity to do more uh, uh, on a bigger field, especially these days. I, I think, you know, you're just having a hockey discussion. Uh, you could make the case that a little bit more ice space with the size of the athletes and the development of the athletes could give them uh, more opportunities. Uh, 12 men uh, also gives you uh, the opportunity to watch and see more happening uh, on the field. Uh, I think that that is uh, fairly key. And the other thing is that I think Canadian football, not just the CFL, but right across the board is kind of a mirror of where we've been and where we're going as a country. It's a, it's a great cultural uh, tool and reference, I think, for all of us in Canada. I love that. John, think of your three, and I'll get you guys in the Facebook and YouTube comments or on the Prairie Mobile text line. Send us the three things you love about Canadian football. It's going around social media, so we got tagged in that over the week, and uh, we'll get that out. John, uh, you got any thoughts? Lynch? 
Well, what I love the most about Canadian football is wide open. And the, 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 the long passes, uh, the wide open field, uh, uh, the running of the game, long runs, and then just wide open in the size of the field. I, I just love it. Yeah. I believe that. That's awesome. So how are things in your world, Jim? Is, it, is this as positive a week as I've been making it out to be all week? Well, I mean, I guess we see things through the, through the lens of uh, amateur football uh, over here these yeah. days. And uh, I think there are some challenges uh, across the country to be transparent with everyone. I mean, New Brunswick is, is uh, open for business in terms of football, but you know, there are some challenges with the uh, with the pandemic still. Uh, we had to cancel our uh, Canada Cup, our national U18, and cancel a number of, uh, of um, national competitions for this summer uh, just because of all the planning that goes into it. We're hoping for interprovincial games in our, in our high performance level, and uh, uh, we've got some doubts, uh, quite frankly, because there isn't that time to evaluate athletes as they... Uh, as they ramp up to put a provincial team together to try to play uh, at the uh, end of July. So instead of BC playing Alberta, we might actually have BC playing Saskatchewan at a, at a high performance level, for example, uh, depending on uh, how the pandemic and vaccinations play out. Uh, but uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the CFL uh, and in terms of playing in 2021, I, I think there's some positives there. Uh, it may mean that uh, you're looking at Eastern teams uh, playing out West. Uh, I, I secretly wonder if uh, the Toronto Argonauts might be appearing back in your old uh, hometown of uh, Saskatoon. Um, you know, <laughs> That's a good uh, idea. How do they facilitate uh, teams in Ontario uh, yeah. playing uh, uh, on the road for so long at the front end of this before they can get back into stadiums? in uh, in uh, early September. Uh, still a lot of questions out there, but uh, I was um, I, I was really boosted by Bob Young's statement about getting out there and playing, and if they're the only team out there and playing, the Hamilton Tiger Cats will win the Grey Cup. So. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty easy, even if it's just the O versus the D. You know, and I, we saw Mark in Ottawa kind of jump on that too, and I think, you know, more guys that put themselves out there, the better chance we'll play. And to your thought, I th- I, that's what I read in the Montreal Alouette statement, right? When they said they're not, ex- they're kind of expecting to start their home schedule in September. That did they just leak that they're going on the road for a month and that's the plan, right? So that's that was reading the tea leaves for me. John, you had something. Uh, I, I have to just ask you, Jim. The, the feeling is, from what I've heard from very uh, guys who know what's going on, I think we're going to do it. We're going to start August fifth. Do you believe that the regular schedule will start August fifth? The training camp will start the uh, July 1st weekend, which isn't far away. Uh, these guys that told me that were pretty big guys that know what's going on in football. Well, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I, I'd say <laughs> this is a thing that I've learned through through all of this. It, it, when, when you're trying to predict around this pandemic, it's a 50-50 proposition. Uh, there have been times uh, through this where we've been ready to go uh, on the amateur side with leagues and provinces and uh, competitions and uh, in the summer where we end the week thinking, okay, we're, we're, we're going to get this thing done. And then there's some piece of information that comes in on the Monday or Tuesday and it's two steps back. So uh, to try to predict the future on some of this stuff um, 
it's a fool's game, and I would not put any money down on it. But uh, we're just keeping our fingers crossed over here. I, I think one of the encouraging signs, though, is uh, at the U Sports level and at the conference level, seeing that Canada West is uh, committed uh, to a six-game season, knowing that U Sports is uh, directing their efforts towards a Vanier Cup on December the 4th, which is a lot later than usual, uh, knowing that the uh, conferences are online to uh, activate something in terms of uh, high-performance play at the university level, and I know the CJFL is also focused uh, at getting back on the field. There's an effort there. We are going to see football at some point. I just can't tell you when. But don't you think, Canadian-wise, Canada-wise, it's a must we play this year? We can't have another year where you... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, John. Uh, we, we, we need to get back on the field with our game. Uh, yeah. We need to, we need to uh, show Canadians and re-engage with... Now... We, we know the football comes in all kinds of different forms. We've got six men, we got nine men, and flag is going to be more important as we move forward into the future. Uh, but, you know, the thing that gets me right here, it's it, it's the 12-man game. It's the 110. It's the 20-yard end zones. It's the 65-yard wide. And when it's played at, at its highest and most competitive level, I, I don't think there's a, another sport out there that outdoes it in terms of uh, the concept of teamwork and what it presents entertainment-wise. Do you think there's any place for the, the, the Rock and his group from the States? Uh, I don't want to see it, but a lot of people do want to think that that could really save the league coming in next year because they're not going to start till next year. I, I don't want to see it. How do you feel about it? Well, I, Mike Mitchell, uh, who's a, a great writer out of the States that covers the XFL, has uh, basically rolled out a story uh, yesterday that uh, said that the XFL won't be going next year. So if there is any sort of engagement uh, moving forward, it, it would probably be a 2023 uh, option for the XFL. So we've got at least two seasons of, uh, of Canadian football in front of us. Um, you know, I, I had a discussion with uh, Randy Ambrosi about 12 days ago. And, you know, the, the, the picture that I got from Randy is that, you know, the CFL is interested in engaging in change. Uh, how that change looks still at this point is anybody's guess. Uh, but, you know, for, for us on the amateur football side, what we need to look at is not having that discussion about rules. Because what we need to focus on coming out of the pandemic is getting players back on the field, focusing on athletes, focusing on coaches, focusing on officials, so we can get this game restarted again. That that you know, the XFL and the CFL, they are going to do what they are going to do. Uh, I think that's uh, the way I ended up my <laughs> conversation with Randy twelve days ago. But uh, at the end of the day, our focus is just getting back to football. Uh, yeah, I, I'm concerned about Randy in some ways, uh, Jim. I don't know if he's he's a good guy. I like him, but I think this has been a very time-consuming, draining experience for him. Do you not think so? I think it's a time-consuming and draining exper uh, experience for everyone right now as uh, as we go through COVID. Um, uh, it's it's certainly been that way for us over at Football Canada. You want to talk about cancel culture? I think we've canceled uh, uh, 32 events 
over the last Jeez. year and a half. It's it's been frustrating. I uh, bet. You know, I don't envy the position uh, that he's in, uh, quite frankly, and uh, I don't envy the position the teams are in. Uh, because everything's so uneven uh, across the country. What can work in one province doesn't necessarily work in another province. Um, you know, I think the good thing that's come out of COVID uh, through all of this is the opportunity uh, for everybody's operations to revisit how they operate. And, and, and it's allowed everyone to take a step back, re-examine relationships, uh, and and re-examine what your business model is uh, moving forward. I think we've made some uh, good headway at uh, at Football Canada in terms of repositioning ourselves as soon as we come out of the pandemic. Uh, I, I hope that what the CFL and the Board of Governors uh, come to in terms of a conclusion is um, something that is in alignment with, with what we do, uh, quite frankly. Right now, it kind of feels like we're on different trajectories between uh, what amateur football does and what professional football does. When we get out on the other end of this, I hope there's a lot of teamwork there. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day, right? Working together. So we got to go, but what what's next for you on your calendar, the Football Canada calendar, the next uh, coming weeks? Portage Trophy Monday. We're rolling it out on uh, holiday Monday. Uh, we've got... Uh, Six very uh, overcapable players for Canadians in the NCAA that have been evaluated by 20 voters uh, from across the country. Um, not to discount four of them, but I really think this comes down to a battle between John Mechie III. Uh, he's playing in Alabama. He's out of Brampton, Ontario. I had... Um, uh, 916 yards receiving, uh, 55 receptions. 35 of those were for touchdowns uh, or uh, or first downs. Uh, he was a big impact player, moved up to number two uh, in terms of receiving uh, on the national champion. And Eamon Ogbong-Bamiga, uh, the senior uh, linebacker uh, that uh, signed with the San Diego Chargers, um, he, he's a guy that I'd love to see in the Canadian game. Um, se uh, second team, Big 12, and uh, MVP, honorable mention on the defensive side in that conference. I think that's where the battle is uh, for the Cornish Trophy on Monday. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. We'll be following closely, Jim. Enjoy the weather. We're getting snow this weekend, Saskatchewan. So. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, take care, guys. Always a pleasure Bless being you. on here. Uh, say Thank hi you. to Roddy for me. We will. Jim Mullins, the president of Football Canada and the host of Crown Gridiron Nation on TSN. Wonderful advocate for our Canadian game. And a lot of comments coming in about uh, what you love about Canadian football, John. A lot of them. we got a break, but uh, we'll come back. We'll read some of those. We've got a sports update next. This is the Rod Peterson Show on the final day of Rod's week off. Football Friday, Game Plus TV, Facebook and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. 
All right, to the video comments, or your comments on YouTube and Facebook. Paul Shanks was snowing in Saskatoon a couple hours ago, but it's all gone now. Wayne Grolo, are you kidding me, dupes? Really? Snow? I, I now know why I moved to Victoria. LOL. Yeah. I hate you, Grolo. <laughs> How about that? Uh, Randolph Zora to the what's great about the CFL. The 22nd rule, one key in the CFL, in his opinion. I do have a comp. Like it's, I think it's a little bit of a misconception that the 22nd play clock, clock speeds up the game. I really do. Because in the NFL, it's 40 seconds. Right. CFL, it's 20. Yeah. But the difference is in the NFL, when the play stops and the whistle blows, that 40 seconds is starting yeah. right away. Yeah. In the Canadian Football League, the dust has to settle. Yeah. You got to find the football. Yeah. You got to go get the spot. You got to put the football down. Then you got to blow it in. Then the play clock starts. That's right. So the time between plays isn't a whole lot different. No, no. That's I, I figure out that many times. That's just about the same, really. When you think Pretty close to yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, but just allows you a little bit of that, you know, flexibility at least uh, in the NFL to know right away it can be a little various uh, changes for. Uh, the U.S. Um, Ryan McCarthy reiterated the thoughts from Jim Mullen. XFL won't start till 2023. Um, no, 2022's gone, then. 20, that's right. Eh? 2023. Yeah. Colin McNulty, our fields won't fit in the U.S. stadiums, and the Americans will never accept our brand of football anyways. Please don't merge with the XFL, Randy. Please. You know, Jeff the Stamps fan on Facebook, the three-minute rule in the CFL is the best thing. In my opinion, clock stops after all plays, forcing you to play until the clock is at zero. That's where the saying, no lead is safe, comes from. There's a lot. We're going to really get into this, I think, in hour two. Um, Some of these uh, great things about about the Canadian game. But uh, to a sports update now, the Montreal Canadiens have won a playoff game against the Toronto Maple Leafs for the first time in more than 40 years. The Habs edged the Leafs 2-1 last night, thanks to a shorthanded goal from Paul Byron midway through the third period. Montreal now has a 1-0 lead in the first round series with Game game 2 set for tomorrow in Toronto. 40 years, can you believe that? 40 years. Holy God. Leafs captain John Tavares will spend the night in hospital after a scary collision early in Game 1 against the Canadiens. uh, Toronto coach Sheldon Keefe says the 30-year-old center is alert after being taken off the ice on a stretcher in the first period. We've learned he's now at home, resting with family. Tavares collided with Montreal's Ben Chariot and then was hit in the head by the knee of on-rushing Corey Perry as he fell to the ice. Tough loss for the Blue Jays. J.D. Martinez hit a two-run homer with two outs in the top of the ninth to lift the Red Sox to an 8-7 win in Dunedin, Florida. The loss pushed Toronto two and a half games back of the first-place Red Sox in the American League East. The Blue Jays start a series with Tampa Bay tomorrow. The Vegas Golden Knights are now in the driver's seat after a big win over the Minnesota Wild. Vegas took a 2-1 lead in their first round playoff series after beating Minnesota 5-2. Former Ottawa Senators Mark Stone led the Golden Knights with two goals. And the Val d'Or Fours are heading to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's final. The Fourers finished with a 3-0 sweep and a 6-3 win over the Chicoutimi Saganines. Nathan Laguerre had four goals in the game, Valdor will face Victoriaville or Charlottetown in the final. And Canadian Corey Connors is the man to catch the PGA Championship. Connors carries a two-shot lead into the second round of the second major of the year. He's at five under on the tournament. Connors has four top ten finishes in his past eight events. 
your sports update for the Tap Brew House and Liquor Store. Now open for dine-in and the drive-thru liquor store is open. And for Ballers Rec Room, we love it at Ballers. Regina's newest entertainment destination is open and back in business. So love to see that. Uh, John, takeaways from the uh, Jim Mullen conversation from a few moments ago? Great guy. Cares about the Canadian Football League and Canadian football period. Uh, I thought that he, what he said was really good. Um, I think it'd be great to go out there and do the show from there, wouldn't it? Eh? Oh, it'd be fantastic. Tell me about it. Yeah, I'm very impressed with the guy. Uh, I see a guy like that, and I think that he is commissioner material. You heard it here first. Well, he cares, knows what's going on, smart, been through it all. Uh, I like what I see in this man. I'm concerned about Ambrosi. I don't mean it like that. It's cruel. But I think he's really had a tough time, unusually tough time. I think the guy is just about beat. I mean, if this doesn't happen for, for July 1st, I think he'll pack it in. For camp for in camp. July, yeah. games in August. Yeah. Very interesting. We'll see where that goes. Um, we're going to unpack this. We're kind of out of time in this segment. We've got a little more coming up to the top of the hour. And we'll get to more of your comments like these, especially if you comment like this. We'll read every single one. John Ohm on Facebook. I want to say, Moose, you did a great job hosting this week. Oh, he does say, Rod, don't worry. Still love you, bro. So <laughs> that was kind of like, you did good, but Rod's still the man. Yep. Okay. Um, sucking up. We'll get you places around here, and we'll get your comments right. <laughs> Frenzy, that? you just hit the nail on the head on both comments. That's from Randolph Zora. More of your comments. The viewer takeover, and we've got texts coming into the Prairie Mobile text line, 306-840-8777. From wherever you are, fire us a text. We'll read it next. This is the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off here on Game Plus Television Network, Game Plus and our Facebook and YouTube Live. And 24-hour sports talk for Suds full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. All right, update from the PGA <clears throat> excuse me, championship in Kiowa Island. Not a good start for Corey Connors. We talked about five under leading the way coming into the uh, round two. Update, Corey Connors is now three over. Looks like he's done for the day. He shot a three over 75 to drop back in a tie for 10th at two under. Phil Mickelson's on the way up, two under again today, now into Second place with Kevin Streelman. Brandon Grace leads the way. Uh, six under. He's four under on the day through 15. He's got a two-shot lead. Ian Poulter in the hunt as well. Brooks Kepka is in the hunt. Keegan Bradley. Gary Woodland. So it's going to be a fun weekend um, at Kiowa Island for the PGA Championship. Um, wouldn't be right <clears throat> if I didn't get a tennis update in. Pablo Cuevas uh, and Denis Shapovalov played this morning in the semifinals of the Geneva Open in Switzerland. And the Canadian Shapovalov won in straight sets, which means uh, he's off to the final against Casper Ruud. And we're conflicted, John. Casper Ruud is from Norway. Norway, how about that, eh? <laughs> so it's the Norwegian. How about that? Yeah. Against the Canadian. And we'll be watching that over the weekend. We will be watching and we will be cheering 
Ferdinand is Shapovalov. So imagine how I feel. Imagine how, how, Troy, or how, uh, how Trent Bruner feels yeah. in Norway, a Canadian in yeah. Norway. How about that? So, very uh, unusual. Yeah, how very, very, that? very, very unusual. And I just want to get an update. Clark, can you try and find an update from the uh, Mixed Doubles Championship? Let's, uh, I'm sure if anybody's got it, our friend Devin Haru in... Uh, from the CBC's guide, he's all over the curling. Let's find out what's going on. Uh, first assignment, blah, blah, blah. He hasn't been tweeting about curling this morning. Carrie Einerson has played a big role. Uh, yes, Canada qualified. There it is, John. Canada qualified for the Olympics in mixed doubles. They qualified for the playoffs as well with a win. Um, Sweden, Scotland were both at the top of each pool, but Canada has qualified for the playoffs. They will either play second or third in Group A, and they'll finish against Russia at uh, 2.30 Eastern, so 12.30 um, our time, mountain time. Um, so they got the Olympic berth out of the way. Now they can try and... Uh, Capture Canada's first ever mixed doubles world curling title. How about that? Oh my gosh. Never won it. How about that? Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Where do you want to go as we head to the top of the hour? I want to talk. You want to do your rider signings? Yeah. Okay. You got the list. Yep. He's got the notes. You, John wants to do this every week. <laughs> He's the okay? only guy let me finally. And I'm the only guy who's going to let him. Yeah. You, got, you got a few minutes here. Not a long time. Um, but he's excited about these players for the Riders. Which, by the way, while you get the papers ready, there was social media video going around about Cody Fajardo at a practice session out in the, out in the, the park with uh, Shaq Evans and the connecting on the deep ball. They yeah. look pretty good. They look pretty good. Shaq Evans and uh, Cody Fajardo. Yeah. Go ahead. They're two great ones, eh? Sammy Coates, uh, 6'3", 215, 82 receptions uh, three years ago, 857 yards in receptions at Auburn, helping lead Auburn to the Southeastern Conference Championship in the final game, beating uh, Alabama. How about that, eh? How about that? 6'3", 210. What else we got here? These guys are about really, you know, uh, here, here we go. Demarcus Gates, 6'3", 225, middle linebacker, Mississippi Southern, Mississippi State. Yep. And recommended the riders to me by our good buddy, Eric Tillman. Okay. So he's a great, great middle linebacker. Could be the guy to play on the outside for the riders. Been three times an all-star at Mississippi State, and he's led Mississippi State in tackles every year for three years. So... What the heck? That's pretty good. Uh, Speedster Carl Henderson, 5'11", 190, from Louisiana State years, 147 receptions last, in the last two years, 4-3 speed consistently, been in the NFL with the Cardinals and the Jets, now released, but figures he can make it in the NFL. This is what you get with these guys, eh? They've been there, they've been a couple of years, done pretty well, and then got surprisingly released. They want to go back, and they've been told here, come to Canada, hey, have a good show, put on a good showing, You'll get back because the NFL is watching what the, these guys do in Canada. And um, a, a couple of guys that I really want to talk to you about, uh, Sherwin Thorson, 6'4", 255, two, three, three, out of uh, uh, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, defensive tackle helped lead Georgia to his victory over Alabama three, four years ago. So and, we're, we're excited. And Yeah, very much so. And Jimmy Williams from Alabama. Three years ago. Defensive tackle, outstanding, All-American, been in the NFL for three years, 
was released last year, surprisingly, in Saskatchewan. Now, apparently, he's even here right now. And he was a heck of a football player with Alabama. And Gary Anderson from uh, Texas, all-American defensive end, linebacker. He's, he was in Regina last year, I guess, but he's back again, wants to play in the Canadian Football League, played for two years with, with the uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, a good prospect. And the guy I'm, I'm concerned about, Freddie Williamson from uh, uh, Gators of Georgia, of Florida, I should say. And uh, running out of time. The leading returner in college, in college football and uh, can kicks average kick return for the whole United States two, three years ago. He got it in. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> got a roll. Hour two next. Football Friday on the Rod Peterson thank Show. You. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.